Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Osiris. The company doesn't have people that service people anymore. I don't know. And now we're live. Yeah. You dealt with that with the tree company a couple years ago. It's a huge, huge pain. I was like, what loyalty? I use you guys every year. I know. come out to cut off my tree limb? My God. It's big business. Some big company bought our propane company, and now they don't care if you have no Classic. Just put you on hold. Music is nice. Oh, wow. The heat in my office works this year for the first time since we've lived in this house. So I just want to, like, say that it's a spectrum. So yeah. you're winning. Megan's losing. <laughs> I'm we glad you're warm, Jonathan. Transition. Yeah, I mean, this radiator is actually warm to the touch. Fish show, which is very much on par with Fish 2016, I just want to say. Oh. <laughs> no heat? No heat. It's sporadic heat. There's sporadic heat. Heat, heat you sporadic can't heat. depend on. Heat that when you're like, oh my God, this all sounds amazing. And then you're like, yes. huh? What? But what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why are they playing I, this I went now? back and listened to RJ's trying to start this podcast, but I'm just going to pretend we're already in the middle of it. So I went back and do listened it. to a lot of 2016 stuff this year, which I don't yeah. usually do every week. People Same. may have noticed. Oh, no, oh you that, do it every, yeah. Week. Yeah, um, every week. I did. And I was because I was just like, oh, I saw these. These were this was really good. Oh, I like this was really good. This, you know, yeah, it's fun. So it's many cool good jams. I can't really wait to start jams. this podcast. <laughs> Brian I guess we can do that with now. That... Very fitting message here. Thanks for making us toasty. My mm, God, I'm trying. The, we got like the comment section coming in hot. Love it. <laughs> Metaphorically we... speaking, of course, not like actual heat. Because no, sorry, Megan. <laughs> sorry, Megan. <laughs> um, I'm fine. I have blankets. I have tea. I'm good conversation. You're clutching that gla- that that mug of tea <laughs> as though it is going to generate body heat throughout it's your it's there to save your life. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to get cold soon, though, because we know we talk tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess can we start the can we start the podcast? Yeah. Should let's we go. Usually start with the train wreck, um, but well, why not? It always starts with a with a personal story. Um, all right. Well, we're in 2016 now officially, and um, I, I'm sure we all have a lot to say. We are on a time schedule today by the person who makes the lists is going to have the least time to talk about his list. So we're, we're going to see how this all plays out. One but word answers gonna, for everything today. I promise <laughs> we're going to bring you lists because that's what the people want. Um, this is the beginning of the best week of the year um, and capped off by yes. the best day of the year next Saturday. And if you, if you know why, you know why, but if you don't, <laughs> we can tell you about that another time, but it's, it's so exciting. God, what a, what a, what a great week to be alive. Um, all right. You guys have been filming each other. What? 
I hope you guys have been filming each other to learn each other's plays. Oh, oh my man. god, I get that joke. You got See? it. Yeah, See? I get that joke. Oh my god, what is the right be, podcast? It's gonna be epic. <laughs> um, okay, we're talking about 2016. I have some, you know, 2016 um, stories, but what, someone else tell me what you were up to in 2016. Who wants to start? I'll start. I was surviving. I'll start in January of 2016. Uh, a year in which I was a member of this podcast. I broke my back sledding, which I don't recommend. I mean, I recommend sledding. Just don't break your back. That's actually the wrong thing. That's not fun. Um, but uh, I was able to get well enough to go see fish in the year 2016 and managed to attend Lockin with... I, I may have left the cane in the truck, but I definitely brought it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was it was quite a year. Um, you saw Vegas, right? I saw Vegas. I saw Lockin, mm. and that was that was it. But I also went to uh, Scotland in the spring, which is actually the first big thing I did after my injury. I did podcasts like from my lazy boy in a back brace. With the mic kind of propped over me, <laughs> RJ probably remembers that. It was pretty uncomfortable, um, <laughs> but we did it, and now we're here. Man, that was crazy. That was crazy when that happened. Yeah, tell me about it. Can I just share two positive things that happened to me in 2016? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the year was a wash, and I don't want to talk about most of the year. But the two things that were really good that happened, one of which was Chicago Cubs won the World Series. Which saying that in retrospective, it still is absolutely insane. My at the time, <laughs> ninety-two-year-old grandfather turned off the World Series. He grew up five minutes from Wrigley Field. He was at World Series games in the thirties and forties. He turned it off when uh, the game was tied in the uh, ninth inning. Went to bed. He said, "They're not going to break my heart again. I can't see this in person." And about an hour later. My grandmother, his wife, was banging on his door and said, turn it on. You're not missing this. Because they came back for the rain delay and they won. It was the greatest game I've ever seen in my entire life. Nothing will ever top it, ever. Um, the other thing was, went to 1230-16, show we are not talking about. And in the concourse, I met a guy who I knew on Twitter named David Goldstein. And we ended up talking over a couple beers. Uh, we had met previously, uh, just very briefly, uh, at Wrigley Field over the summer for the fish shows, but we met there and we both threw out that we were thinking about starting fish podcasts. And three months later, we would launch Beyond the Pond. So it was a very memorable, important moment for me. But Meg, what were you in 2016? I love that. I also met Dave Goldstein in the concourse at MSG. So I can relate to that moment. I love He's always that. wanting. He's always yeah, wanting. yeah. And I also love Beyond the Pond. So I love hearing that origin story. I didn't hear, hear that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2016, I was just doing mom shit. You know, I was trying to figure out what to do with my life now that my kids were getting older and like in school all the time. I was doing a lot of yoga. I was starting to substitute teach again and decide if I wanted to go back into teaching and just starting to listen to a lot more fish regularly. After Fairly Well, it was like a steady climb of like fish being regularly in my life again, kind of like cracked open next year, 2017, which we'll talk about. But yeah, I just saw the 2016 Year's Eve show, the Petrichor show. I brought my husband and two friends. None of the three of them are fans. And five hours of you know fish is a lot when you're not a fan. But <laughs> they all drank a ton of beer and thought it was cool when it rained on stage. And I had a great time. That's awesome. I started my I started the year at MSG seeing the first and second of January oh, yeah. shows. Which was yeah. great. And then I saw two shows at The Man and then two shows in Alpharetta. And those are the only shows I saw. But at The Man, um, my friend Craig, who I was with at J-Red on Saturday night, you guys know, he in the parking lot introduced me to Tom because Tom was like thinking about starting a podcast. And Craig was like, you got to talk. You got to meet my friend. And so then that led to like some interesting stuff over the past seven years or eight years almost. Very cool Crazy. stuff. That's Crazy. awesome. And then like in November... There was like a day in November that was like the worst day of my whole life. And then a month later in December, our twins were born. And it was a, that was a very good day. So it was a weird year, really weird year very all weird around. Year. Strange. Um, so 
What a uh, what do we need to know, Meg? Should we go straight there right now? Let's do it. Let's go to Meg's corner. I think we should do it. Let's do it. Yeah. It's so cold in, there today. it's really it's really cold in Meg's corner, but I'm wearing a turtleneck. I'm pulling my Steve Jobs look out. Um, in Meg's corner, even though it's cold, we've got all the information you need. In 2016, there were 47 shows, which is quite a bit up from 2015 when we only had 30. They, like RJ said, started the year off at MSG to cap off that 2015 New Year's Eve run. They are going to go to Mexico for the first time, three nights in the Riviera Maya. Then they're going to have summer tour. They start in the Midwest, go the Northeast, and then out West, play like the Gorge in California. Then Trey Band's going to play the Peach Festival and the Vertex Festival in Colorado. Then they're going to take a month off, and then they play Lock-In in Virginia. And Labor Day closes out the summer once again. And then in October, they are going to go on to The Tonight Show with Fallon to promote Big Boat, which I'll talk about in a minute. And then they're going to go on fall tour. They're going to play the Southeast with Bob Weir sitting in in Nashville, which I kind of forgot about until I went through this again. They're going to go to Florida, Texas, and then Vegas for the second time for the Halloween run and cover David Bowie's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spider from Mars, and then do their New Year's Eve run at MSG. Trey is also going to perform on Prairie Home Companion that fall. If you're an NPR nerd like me, I remember that. Uh, Mike Gordon is also going to tour quite a bit this year with his band. And then I'm going to actually talk about the albums first and then go back to the debuts because I have a quote I want to read, which I think you guys might enjoy. So for albums this year, Big Boat was released on October in October of 2016, the 14th studio album, produced again by Bob Ezrin and recorded at The Barn. There are two archival releases. There's going to be November 7th, 1996 from Lexington, Kentucky, the Rupp Arena. And there's going to be September 14th, 1999, the Boise Show released. Love that show so much. There's also going to be Live Bait 12 released. And that's it for albums. As for debuts, there are... 12 original, mostly the Big Boat songs, and then, of course, all of the Bowie covers that are going to be played. But there's also one song that's going to be debuted, and I thought this song was older than 2016, and I'm going to read you a quote and ask if you can tell me what, what song this is. So this is a quote by John Fishman. It was the late afternoon of a long day, being more wrong than I normally am. In the context of a lifetime's worth of such days in endless succession up to that point, when it finally came flying out of me in a moment of profound exasperation. I was astounded at the realization that it took nearly 51 full years of life for the conscious awareness of perhaps the single most obvious pattern in my daily existence since birth, beyond bodily functions, to develop enough for the communication center of my physical body to finally print out the observation in a memo to self not easily forgotten. That you get your ass handed to you. Every, Every day. day. Every, Every day. day. Was it The Gorge where that debuted? I think so. Let's see here. That's right. Um, 7.15. Yeah, is, is that The Gorge? Yeah, night mm-hmm. one of The Gorge. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, that song summarizes 2016 on so many levels for so many people. Right? My goodness. Yeah. Just so I had to read that quote. Hilarious. Also just amazing that a song like that can come out in 2016. Like, it just seems like such an old school kind of fish song to me. It's such a 1.0 vibe to it. Totally. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Thank you, Meg. You're welcome. Um, before we get into the show and talk about in, in Brian's list, should we listen to some 2016 recollections from our people? You get some voicemails? Let's do it. I got a couple. Let's I got a couple. Hit it. Sweet. Happen. It's going to happen right now. It's going to happen. Let me try to remember how to do this. Yep, we got it. Okay. Ready? Uh, nope, that's not going to happen here. Not on my watch. Hey, everybody. Me again. Um, it's me again. I, uh, I actually just saw three shows in uh, 2016. I went to Portland, went to Great Woods a couple days later or so, and I hit, uh, what was it, 1230? Um, I think there was a tweezer and stuff like that. Um, I had, I think that the two summer shows weren't great, but they weren't terrible, but they weren't great, but I had a really good time. Uh, and then that 1230 show I think was really good and I had a really good time, but I'm guessing considering that this is a weird year between 
Um, Magnaball and Bakers, uh, you guys might be looking for a little bit of, you know, kind of like, hey, what's going on here, Trey, kind of episode today. So if you guys want a metaphor, I will definitely tell you that, um, uh, or me to develop a motif, I definitely tell you that the light structure that they introduced, everybody's like, first change the light structure in 20 years. That was kind of like a balloon. You know, when you let go of a balloon, it goes, right? And then also the air conditioning wasn't on in Portland. It was 100 degrees inside. But topping that all off on my favorite show over the bunch, on 1230, we, uh, we, uh, my friend flew into JFK or LaGuardia and took a cab into the city and flown in from uh, California. And he's one of those weird guys who has trouble with a flight. Um, like he just like if he flies, it's like he gets sick. One of those so, guys. We picked him yeah. up. He wasn't doing well. Tried to help him out, and we took him to the hotel and got him like you know some food and whatnot. And all of a sudden, we look over like a little baby. He's got. Uh, by the way, this was before the show. It was like four in the evening, five in the evening. He's got cream cheese from the bagel all over his face. So if you want a metaphor for uh, 2016, um, had some fun, but uh, a totally sober guy at five at night was like. Uh, eating eating bagels like a baby in a hotel in Manhattan. All right, goodbye. <laughs> wow, I did not expect that to go there. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah that all exactly the way directions. I feel about 2016. So. <laughs> well, let's talk, can we talk about that briefly? Just the, just yeah, the, our overall thoughts about 2016 and and you know fish and do you agree with that cream cheese take? Yeah, I mean, I feel like to me, it reminds me 2016, a lot of 1996. It's kind of like this valley between two giants, you know, you've got like 95, where they're reaching this like artistic, creative, professional peak. And then 2000, or I mean, sorry, 97, where they kind of reinvent themselves musically. And you think of what 96 was when they're like, covering Remain in Light and finding this collective groove. And then 2016 is kind of similar in that it's like in between this like banner year with like Magnaball and this incredible year of jamming and just like really like just improv heights, I feel like in 2015. And then 2017, they're moving towards this total shift in set listing and this Baker's Dozen kind of accomplishment, so triumphant. And you think about what has to happen in between those two accomplishments. It's just, there's a lot of parallels to me between those two years. Agree. And I think also like to further that you know comparison to 96 95 is kind of the end of something like they reach yeah. a peak on 12 31 95 that is a sound that they've been kind of experimenting and perfecting in a lot of cases for the last five six years and arguably since they started and it all kind of peaks at that msg show and where they go from there and and this is a band that was in constant evolution is constantly changing they're never just like happy with a sound and saying cool that is the sound we're going to play with for the rest of time um and so you kind of reach this peak of 3.0 in 2015 probably at magnaball where yeah everything they'd been playing with the stylistic choices tones um there's not as many effects as we're going to hear in the post baker's dozen era where they're going to kind of experiment in that sort of way set lists are not predictable but there's a format to them which will kind of be blown up as we move into magnaball and they start or excuse me to the baker's dozen and they start to figure out like this song that's usually played in this part of the show can be played here and it can be jammed out and it can change the dynamics of the show 2016 is that evolution to whatever that next step is and part of the reason i picked this show was you have really weird set list choices, which work in some cases and don't work in other cases. And you have jams that kind of pop up and just burble to the surface and then they kind of disappear. And it's the band just like figuring out what is the next step here. And I think, you know, one last thing is the, he, he mentioned the lighting rig. It was, it's the only lighting rig that's lasted one year. And I think it, mm-hmm. it proved a technological, you know, advancement and shift for Corota. But a year later, he's going to go back just to lights and they're going to move. And that is going to be the technological change that is going to work the best for him, is going to work the best for the band. And it still has stuck to this day, although it's gone through some iterations. So you see the band and the whole Fish Inc. kind of figuring a few things out, some of which works, a lot of which doesn't work that well. And as a result, it's kind of this up and down year. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash helping friendly. That's distrokid with a capital K dot com slash VIP slash helping friendly for a special offer. Thanks, DistroKid. Um, it's funny. I, 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 I have been known to kind of crap on 96 because it's the year I missed. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to come off like the guy who always defends 96 right here and talk about 2016. Um, I th- I agree there are some ups and downs in this year and the summer is just kind of is okay. There's some good shit anywhere, everywhere. There's good stuff. But um, the fall, I think, is yeah. better. And I kind of mm-hmm. think as dicks, even though it is definitely not autumn, the big, really the beginning of that and this show is a good example Great. but by the time you get to vegas those vegas shows i think are uh, very good there's some eh, stuff here and there in those but i think the vegas shows are very good and i'm not just saying it because i'm wearing my vegas uh 2016 shirt today i'm saying it because i was there no because i think it's true <laughs> um there's good there's some really good jamming and um it is what people usually say of 96 where 96 turns in the fall tour at Halloween and that opens the door to 97 here. It happens a little sooner. It's not Halloween that does it necessarily, or maybe it's the rehearsal. I don't know, but it's, uh, it's great. And so, uh, I'm excited to get into this show. Um, do you guys think that fish will do a cover album for Halloween? Like ever yeah maybe yeah, yeah i think it's a coin flip i think i think this it had bowie not passed away at the start of the year and been such an influence on the band i i wonder if we're getting rise and fall of ziggy stardust i wonder if we're getting another new album i don't know it seems like the new album is the thing that motivates them the most yeah. but this felt yeah. like a very fitting tribute yeah i'm so glad we got this um i would i would trade bowie still being alive for having seen this but yeah. um but I'm this was my dream pick in 09 and the fact that they ended up doing it seven years later just felt like are you kidding me it was yep. amazing it's amazing I even tell you how much i was crying when i just saw the fish bill <laughs> i bet oh i bet I yeah I, well, I feel bad for Brian Tompkins because he said, thank you for picking 7316. And then <laughs> oh, he said, no. oh, man, I listened to the wrong show. But he's not wrong. That MoMA dance from 7316. Yeah, I love that. Um, That's the SPAC shows. Yeah, that MoMA is My insane. favorite quick hit ever, though, happened after this show. It was uh, Craig Hillwig coming on, absolutely defending his eviscerating review on fish.net. And uh, <laughs> it was scathing. And, and I felt the same I way. And I was that. just listening to it on the drive home from a 4th of July trip, just being like, thank you, Craig. Thank you for speaking the truth. If anyone can do it, it's him. <laughs> Um, okay let's listen to one more voicemail and then we'll get into the 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 show is that cool Cool. yeah one sec or maybe not into the show maybe into the next segment which might not be the show we don't really know yet you know you know you never know what's gonna happen next here on hf pod okay oh no (laughs) see you never know hey hf pod this is alex from Asheville. I wanted to uh, throw in my two cents about uh, 2016. I don't believe the show will make it for the selected slot for y'all's showing, but I just wanted to call out that likely the best moment of 2016, and I'm biased because I was there, was 
They're in the gorge first night, 715. What's the use? They dropped, dropped it down to a whisper, corroded, cut the lights. There's just the crowd, the band, and the stars. Mm. Definitely best fish moment of my fish career. Just want to throw those two cents in there about 2016. Thank you so much for what you do. Bye-bye. Love that. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I had a similar experience at Magnum Ball. Such an epic. Yeah, go on. But no, the, the Gorge is... I got to go to the Gorge at some point. Me That's too. the main thing. Let's Visually go together. Stunning. I yeah. almost... I considered that show. I, I had like eight shows picked for this year, and I considered that one because it is... You have like a 19-song first set that somehow opens with a tweezer, <laughs> and then they just like play a bunch of fucking songs. And then the second set that on paper looks like an absolute mess, but works. Like everything segues really well. There's a lot of weird callbacks within songs and a lot of like micro jams. It's a really good show, a really good second set. I highly recommend people checking it out. Um, but ultimately, it got over. it got overtaken. Brian, in our in our time that we have together, how much do you want to talk about 2016 outside of this show that you picked? Very briefly, um, I'm just going to throw out just a couple quick things here. Uh, so television at this point in time, I mentioned this in the 2014 uh, episode where we were really moving towards streaming um, away from cable television and shows that were really good were all coming out and streaming this year it like blows that up. Like Atlanta comes out, stranger things comes out. Westworld comes out. The crown comes out. Uh, insecure comes out like a lot of shows that will define the latter half of the 2010s debut, uh, during 2016. So it's a big kind of pivot year from a television standpoint, from a movie standpoint, there's not a lot of great movies, but the movies that are really great are awesome. And I would highly recommend people checking them out. Arrival, one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Manchester by the Sea, not really an upper, but definitely an important movie oh, to watch. So um, good, though. Unbelievable. Uh, this was the year that Star Wars decided to release an adult film in Rogue One, and it absolutely rules. Maybe the best five minutes to conclude a movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Moonlight won Best Picture. La La Land almost won Best Picture. And is... Um, it's a great movie. I love that movie. And then uh, I just watched this the other week. This is a really funny movie. Uh, the Nice Guys starring uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling as two uh, down on their uh, – what's the phrase? I don't know. They're down on their down luck, on their luck. Uh, Yeah, uh, detectives in the 1970s in a kind of Lebowski-esque setting. It's very, very funny. Really good shit. I saw that in the theater. That movie is perfect. If I, any totally movie agree. should have it. gotten a sequel, but never did, and really never should, actually, right, I'm, right. I'm going to recant. Like it's, it seems like it would have been perfect for a, a franchise, but don't just leave it. Perfect film. I've never even heard Enjoy of it. it. I feel like, yeah, me weird. neither. It yeah, is. So if good. it had come out in like it, it's like a Cohen brothers type movie uh just very funny it, the, the closest comparison I can I can make is Lebowski. It is, mm-hmm. but it's not quite. No, it's but it's slightly closer to real life. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. It's really good Not stuff. It's on, uh, I believe, Netflix right now if you want to watch it. Um, mm. Albums, really quickly, 2016 absolutely rules for records. I'm just going to give you a small handful, even though I'm looking at a giant list of albums that I wish <laughs> I could say to all of you, but um, I have to be upstairs in 30 minutes to take over kids' duty. So um, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Skeleton Tree, holy shit, what an incredible record. Uh, bon Iver's 22 Million, Radiohead's A Moonshaped Pool, the last Radiohead album, uh, The Smile is Not Radiohead. I don't understand why we're not getting more Radiohead, but oh my God, this album absolutely destroys me. David Bowie's Black Star. I think this was one of the first albums released in the year. It was released. Jonathan, correct me. This was was released on a Friday and he passed away on a Sunday. That is insane. Pretty close like that. Yeah. Um, First Angel Olsen record that really connected with me, My Woman, came out amazing stuff. Uh, Kevin Morby's singing Saw. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards, Nonagon Infinity. We are about to enter total King Gizzard land where they're going to release like 10 albums a year uh, for the next five or six years. Uh, Hamilton Lighthouser and Rostam's I Had a Dream That You Were Mine. William Tyler's Modern, Modern Country. Riley Walker's Golden Sings That Have Been Sung. 
and Kendrick Lamar's Untitled Unmastered. A lot more out there. I'm forgetting a ton here. Um, I'm leaving a ton off, but amazing, amazing year for records. All right. Well, with that, I think it's time. We are entering our first Dick's show of the series. We are... Um, I don't know. That's all I can really say. There might be other stuff, but <laughs> maybe our first, let's just say it's our first September show, even though it's probably not mm-hmm. um, some other stuff. It might be. What do you, what do you got, Brian? You want to go straight into it? Yeah. So uh, this is Saturday night at Dick's 2016. Uh, I will just say, uh, I think this is the second strongest Dick's year of uh, the entire batch that they've played. Amazing run of shows here. Uh, set one. Slave to the Traffic Light, first time it opened a show since 11588. Down with Z's, What's the Use in a Maze, Farmhouse, 555, Wolfman's Brother, Divided Sky, and the greatest cover in Fish's Arsenal, Rock and Roll, as RJB shakes his head. RJB, let's turn to you first. What are your thoughts on this set and the way it ended? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, uh, we've talked about this too much. I'm not going to say it again. Um, The I think the, check out the back catalog. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll tell you that this is the the energy is great in this show from the from the beginning. I think the um, slave is such a strange opener because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's just like kind of like starts on the reverse energy that you would expect. You know, like it kind yeah. of is like a it's it's just a slow way to start, but it works really well. And I think it it's, it's really. I, I wish they did it more. I think it's like a good way to ease in with some some bliss. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really like much better than I remember it being, I guess, last time I l- listened to it, which was probably like the day after when we did, you know, a quick hit or something. But the what's that? <laughs> just laughing. It's it's same here. I hadn't listened yeah. to it probably since then. <laughs> and it's it's just like not something I go back to. And the, the slave followed by the down with disease that ends in what's the use is just... You know, it's just great. I think the um, the down with disease. I like. I would like more first set down with diseases, <laughs> so that the second set is open to more things. Disease free. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I just thought, like the the whole the whole set was really high energy. I really liked. Like I thought farmhouse was like a really nice break after the maze, and even five fifty five was like I don't know. It just it was a really fun set to listen to. Um, I will say that, you know, if you're going to play rock and roll, like just jam it out. I mean, now like they got sure. enough than like a cover. It's like, it's fine, but I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm yearning for the, for the years when rock and roll was a jam vehicle and you know, it's fair. it has, it has not yeah. been jammed since 2013. And so I know. like, what are we doing here? We're just they're writing songs that can jam. that is the crazy thing like this was rock and roll and drowned in 2009 and 2010 were like the two most reliable jam vehicles maybe disease and tweezer on the original standpoint and light light, yeah Mm -hmm. and then they wrote more songs to jonathan's point that actually could jam and suddenly they were like we'll just play these songs rarely and we'll play them for eight minutes yeah, I mean it's mostly it's mostly like a st- uh, you know shtick at this point, but I but I can still do it because it's just like it's, it's a fun. feel good triumphant moment. It's good. No, I, I haven't. I think he means are. his bit is a shtick. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. My whole thing about I'm this song is a shtick, and also I haven't even I haven't seen it live since the Baker's Dozen. So like, what do I care? I'm not you know, I'm I'm I you know I'm kind of out You're at this a, point. A, affecting out. you with this. <laughs> That's all. But it was a good set. Really fun to listen to. I'll go. Uh, I I didn't listen to this first set, but like twice where I listened to the second a bunch this past week, because Mm -hmm. um, other than the down with disease, I think everything is pretty just solid good, which Mm -hmm. is not a negative, right? Um, Because it really does hold down. Slave is a great opener uh, and it is weird. RJ, I agree with everything you said. And it's cool because with Slave and then the, you know, the way, what's the use in this set and then, and Divided Sky in the set. And then the way the, the show ends, you get like all of the like key bliss things, not to mention simple jam, but getting ahead of ourselves. So it's kind of a really cool show in that respect. Disease Jam is pretty cool. Um, I really just like the solid kind of, chunk i actually love 555 i think you know more and more as we go through these years i'm reminded how 
good a groove this song has and Mm -hmm. it's reinforced by being followed with wolfman's which almost you know it feels very similar uh, when it gets in the initial groove of the wolfman's and uh and yeah so that's that's great nice divided sky um and then uh it could have been character zeroed and set one and uh But it wasn't. Uh, but, it was yeah. rock and roll. No, but it wasn't. It's rock and roll. I love rock and roll. I'm Life just, was I'm just saved. Playing with RJ. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it was. Yeah, it was fun. I can't wait to talk about set two though, because that's really where I live. I had some really great shit there. Yeah, I love set two too. But I thought set one had some really interesting moments. I just think the flow of it's kind of weird. I think opening with Slave, like you were saying, RJ, it's really interesting. It's also really emotional. It has some really emotional peaks, and I think that's cool to like start off a show like that with some big feelings, which is great. I think that like this what's the use is gorgeous, but it just feels weird to be in that space, that really like contemplative, spacey spot, third song in. I don't know, just like unless you're just going out there with the whole set, it just feels funny to be like in that kind of a an emotional space and then pulled back into like a first set feeling with like maze and farmhouse and five fifty-five. But um my highlight of the set was the Wolfman's. I thought it got into some really interesting, like good funk. It was like really juicy, had like a really nice peak. Definitely my highlight of the set. And I love rock and roll as a set closer. I love this cover. And I also just think it's that chance to like sing those words about like rock and roll saving your life. Like that's so fun. So I'm fine if they don't jam it out, but I hear you, RJ. Yeah, I share sentiments you guys do. And I mean, I think just to like close out set one, like part of the reason I chose this show is because of set one. Um, I just think mm-hmm. that the selection of slave. <laughs> Sorry, opening, I feel bad now. No, 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 Because no. because I don't disagree with you. Um, like I, I think your your points are, are incredibly valid. Like the the, re, the 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 area that's most interesting to me is the first four songs. Like going slave, mm-hmm. disease, what's the use, maze is a very strange way to start a show. You're just it's a lot of like low to high to low to high exactly. and then you know go farmhouse as well but to also do it with songs that were just like like slave is one of those songs that when it starts you are supposed to be like sweaty and exhausted and a little bit sore and just like i need that like feeling like of of okay one last song let's like raise our hands to the heavens and that's just kind of how it's been programmed over 35 years at this point in time of the band uh, playing it either in an encore or to end usually a second set to have Doesn't it, it like trip your programming when it comes yes. at that moment. It like put your brain. That's the thing. Like, this is it, great. It, I'm yeah, not it all changes sweaty, everything, but I know this feeling a hundred percent. And it, and it, yeah. and it takes like what RJ said, that contemplative slow open that like deep breath almost. And it puts it at the front of the show. And that is a weird thing. And that is a really cool thing. And that to me, that then playing disease and it kind of jams but it doesn't and then a full stop and like megan said it's very strange to have what's the use not segue out of a jam just start cold and then to have that fade into maze it's just a lot of really strange emotions and feelings as the the show is kicking off and by the time maze ends we're only 40 minutes into the show and we've had this like very interesting journey that has nothing almost to do with improvisational jamming. Um, nothing even to do with bust outs. It's songs that are played often yeah. just in strange plot places. And when we look ahead to 2017, 2018, but especially now like 4.0 fish where the band will just kind of play anything at any slot in the show. To mm-hmm. me, it all kind of starts at this point in fish history. And it starts with the Chula show that opens with Farmhouse and then gets going with a ghost to end this very strange summer tour, continues with this, goes into the fall. We're just starting to hear a band tinker with their set list in a way that beyond the jams, and we're going to get into a really good jam in set two, beyond the jams, they're trying to figure out what can work in other places in the show and how can that affect people's emotions. Yeah, that's a good point, Brian, just about the the jam the kind of, I mean, we've said it before a million times, but like you can't get 2017 without 2016, you know, sort of obvious yeah. point, but, but you do see the sound, I think, start to end the song choices. Like we talked about that Kill Devil Falls last week, which, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. one of the first kind of like regular songs to go out there. And now it's kind of, they're like sort of building on that, which will, which will peak <laughs> the following year. It's do wild. Do you think they knew they were going to do the Baker's Dozen at this point? Yeah, they had to be in conversation. They, they were right. at least so talking like, about it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I that's such a big, that's... such a big yeah. amount of time to reserve. I feel like, and this is what seven, eight months 
before or almost a year, I guess. Yeah. So they would definitely know probably. So I don't know. I just feel like that might've also affected there. We have to start thinking about, you know, what we can play where, when we can jam things out, weird placements. Yeah. I'm I'm on the same page with you. That's like, they're, they're always thinking in the present, but like they have to know something's coming and they're taking most of the early part of 2017 off. That is not booked at this point in time. Um, so yeah, they have to be thinking about what is, what is next. Mm-hmm. Um, really great first set. Um, thank you, Brian, for choosing this. I have to choose the, the show for next week and like, that's so hard. I don't, you. I don't even <laughs> no, like, know. So we just do the year instead. Exactly. Trust, that's so tough. You basically hard. can't go wrong. That's like, true. That's the, that's the nice thing. Except um, for yeah, that one show, true. which is probably the one I'll pick. Um, I, I know which show that is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian, shall we move to set two? Let's do it. Um, all right, so we got Fuego fading into sand, fading into Blazon, going right into simple, fading into twist, fading into theme from the bottom, fading into 2001, and fading into Harry Hood with an encore of Squirming Coil. Um, I think that there's a lot more to dig into here. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to start, uh, just cause I don't know when I have to jump off, but I, part of my reason for picking this show based on set one definitely extends here into set two where you get a little bit more standard set listing, but you also start to hear kind of these habits that started up in 20 or that they were pretty ever present throughout 2016, where like a jam would kind of lead to a cool space and then it would just be abandoned because for whatever reason, the band wasn't necessarily feeling it in the moment. And so you get like Fuego reaches a cool noise space. Okay. This goes to sand. My only note for sand is maybe this will work. Doesn't really work. Just kind of like <laughs> goes to a peaking so rock show, fades, right? You know, fades to yeah. blaze on. There's this very cool sustained note segment from Trey where he's like holding these notes and Fishman is doing this like very sporadic drumming that you can kind of hear the band try to figure out what is going on here. Um, that kind of builds and builds and builds. Doesn't actually lead anywhere. That goes into simple. Um, pause on simple for a second. That then, you know, we get a twist theme from the bottom okay, kind of weird slots for these two songs. Um, goes into 2001. 2001 of note has been played at five out of 11 Saturday night dick shows throughout the years. It's just like, if they don't know what to do on a Saturday night, they play a 2001. <laughs> and then it fades into a hood. Uh, you've got this like really cool rhythmic chordal jamming in 2001. This goes into hood, which is beautiful, really gorgeous peaks. Page is amazing. Uh, Mike is dropping bombs at the end. This was kind of an era where like when in doubt, Mike would just throw down one of those bass, you know, growls and the whole thing. You'd feel it in your belly. Um, but to me, the peak of this set is the simple and the simple shows. Trey doesn't play guitar for most of the jam. He's on the marimba lumina for most mm-hmm. of it. Um, but the simple shows a band that is trying to similar to like in 96, when he would go to that second drum kit and allow page and Mike to guide the melody of the jam. He is trying to inspire his bandmates to lead a jam somewhere. And in some cases you can hear very clearly why if Trey is not leading jams and fish, or if he's not the guitar out front melody, there's a reason why fish is not fish without that. Um, but in other cases, you hear these weird tinkerings and you hear Paige leading the melody on, uh, on on the roads. You hear Fishman offering very weird repetitive beats. You hear Trey coming back. There's no peak to this jam. It's just like chordal jams. This to me sounds, again, like a hint of where we're going in 2017. So I've jumped around on this set. I'm going to pause and throw it to one of you guys and, and we can kind of go through this. Um, Jonathan, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I really dig this set and I find it interesting that you, the way you um, talk about, you know, like discarding the jams or whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously they're not long jams and Fuego. Yeah. It does kind of start to get somewhere, but then they, they roll into sand. I wasn't dissatisfied. Uh, Maybe it's just because I'm used to Fuegos of late that don't Mm. go long. Whereas (laughs) in 2016, we were, you know, the memories of 2014 Fuegos was still fresh, right? Um, uh, Sand. I really like the sand, but it is just tight. It doesn't really get beyond, you know, doesn't really get beyond sand. It is rocking, but 
I really love this Blazon. I think this, this totally. is just like the jamming that they get to in here is that is that is kind of my shit. Trey is yeah. just like reaching and layering like whale kind of you know whammy rips and like it is I, it's really cool and I think that if the simple doesn't happen, this is my absolute maybe number two moment of the show um, behind the encore. Uh, and this is, it, it's just really gorgeous and cool. And then the simple jam is great. I think you've covered it, like described it amp ably Brian. So I won't rehash, but I really like that. Um, twist rips themes. Good. 2001 is fine. Harry hood is beautiful. It's, like 15 minutes long great beautiful peak it's not not like atypical or anything but absolute perfect space that harry hood should take you to and uh and then the encore man like coil oh, yeah, as an encore go. always yeah. good uh but yeah. then what then Mike stays out and it is so absolutely cool. it's awesome you can hear there's this one part where you know, it, it feels like Mike is kind of playing. He's playing this like this descending bit that reminds me of the wedge. And uh, yeah, it's just like I was trying to explain to my wife in the car before it happened as we were listening yesterday, driving around. I was like, this is this is like a one time once it's happened one. <laughs> it's one singular, time. you know, and uh, and she didn't care. And um, <laughs> that is great. I usually don't. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, there mean, are six jam charted coils. This is one of them, and this is the only one that ends. But yeah. like this. this this it's ending so cool. is the significant. Really cool. Like, it's and so you can good. hear it build through the song, where Mike is just like playing in a way that the band is like, "Okay, there's we can't do this. Is his? This is for yeah. him." Yeah, I wonder if that was like something they talked about before, because you know it's like Paige's spot, and it's so cool that seems they, like they, they knew that. what yeah. they were doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smart. I love that. It's really cool. Yeah, um, I agree. I, just, I think that. Oh, go ahead, RJ. Well, I only have one comment, which is I, I looked back at my text because I texted Brian and not, and I was trying not to offend Brian, but I was like, just so I'm clear, like the that little like quiet weird jam and Blazon was the first interesting thing I've heard all show. Like, are you? <laughs> is that like? And he was like, you were like, yeah. I'm like, okay, great. That's all I got. <laughs> You're like, I'm not wrong, right? I'm not wrong. But but everything else is. But like you know, you do listen to it, like you said. It's like trying a thing. It's like okay, cool, sand, great, all right, and then like goes, and you're like, all right, that you know, it's kind of like, you know, the blaze on like hits you, and then the simple. Uh, those are those are great great pieces. But yeah, interesting, interesting set in that way. I think that searching quality is actually something I like. Sometimes it doesn't really work, but I think in this set it actually works pretty well. There is really decent flow to this set too. I think that the in the the Fuego jam, it kind of dwindles down to nothing and you can almost hear it like drifting. And I feel like yeah. it's almost as if they decided to hold on to that kind of searching and and drifting feeling and sand gets away from that. And maybe they were trying to push and find something more energetic because they really like get after it in that sand jam, like you were saying, Jonathan, and the page just absolutely destroys. And then they have that like tight return to the song. But then blaze on, you can feel them again with that searching feeling and how Trey's like distorting and bleeding out his notes. And it turns into like a meditative like drone. And even though it's within kind of the blaze on universe, it has this like just kind of, yeah, melting, drifting feeling. And then it, I feel like they really find that in simple in this floaty, blissy, just I love Trey on the Marimba Lumina there, just how they all sound so bubbly. And it just has this yeah, this kind of like weightlessness to it that I think that they were kind of like playing with in the beginning of the set. And I think it's cool that they found it here and weren't trying to like push something that wasn't working. And yeah, I mean, sometimes jamming is like that, right? You like try something, it doesn't work, you go on to the next song. But I mm -hmm. think the simple definitely makes the set kind of like worth it. And I really liked listening to this whole set as a whole. I think it has a really nice kind of like ride to it. It's a nice journey. And the theme is really kind of triumphant at the end. If, if that makes sense, it has like this really powerful okay. ending that's, I don't know, it gets into this like funk space and then it's like, has just, yeah, this like understated triumph to it. That's really nice. And they land really well. 2001 is, it just feels like a throwaway here, Brian. It kind of feels like what you're saying about just like plopping it in because it's super hurried. It doesn't have that kind of like lackadaisical, like, 
I don't know, confidence to it. It feels kind of like rushing and pushing, but then they go to hood and it's just beautiful. And Paige just plays with such passion in this hood. Absolutely incredible. Trey's like echoing him. It's beautiful. And yeah, I think that it's so cool because when I was listening to it, I forgot about this mic solo and I was thinking, oh yeah, of course they're playing Coil. Paige is just killing it in this show. And then Mike steps in for the solo and it's like, oh, it's just one of those like unexpected fish moments. Love it. I like I like this show a lot. I really love the second set. I thought it was it was a great listen. The whole set as like a piece. Yeah, I when I because I, I, I went through I thought about nine four the next night, which is an incredible show. Twelve thirty is an incredible show. Ten twenty nine, ten thirty, even ten twenty eight, which was a dinner and movie. Uh, those are incredible shows. There's some great shows on fall. To me, this show signified twenty sixteen in the sense that. You know, Jonathan, Megan, you guys noted it with the sand, with the theme, with the hood. One thing that they were doing really well this year was just playing their big songs really well mm-hmm. in a straight fashion, which some, which yeah. is like emblematic of like 96 as well. Like there are some great, if you just want to hear a killer Harry Hood or a killer Reba, you killer can do worse disease. Than go, disease, go to 1996. Mm-hmm. Like there are just like yeah. pure... No effects, no weird jamming. The next year, the year before, they'll take those songs and they'll do a lot of weird things with them. Very similar here. If you want to just, if you want to go and listen to an eight-minute, tight, rocking version of Sand, this is a great version. If you want to listen to just a straightforward, emotional Harry Hood, this is an awesome version. Mm-hmm. The next year, they're going to take take those songs and be like, "Hey, look what else we can do with them." Um, and so this this year is this kind of bounce back between fish playing fish really really well and fish mm. trying here and there some some interesting uh diversions and interesting risks that will pay off in a year's time and the show kind of you know moved back and forth between that for me in a really cool way um i know we this is our this is definitely our fastest 40 for 40 um Ever. because we've already <laughs> talked about the entire show so impressed with us well, it's unbelievable can I, can, can I throw out something else that happened this year that I think is just worth noting? And I don't have a lot to yes. say on it, um, but uh, big, but it 2016, you know, 2015, we made a, a lot of hay about fairly well, and, and, and rightly so. Um, Fish played Lock-In here in 2016 and, you know, put themselves in front of, you know, Festival again, which they hadn't done for a little bit uh, since with Bonnaroo, I guess, a few years earlier, something like that. And, um, yeah. and you know, and it was good, but somebody in the comments who I've scrolled off my screen, I apologize, you know, makes cor- correctly notes that they really deliver festival fish sets, you know, kind of the, it's not, a, particularly the second night, not a lot of like big out there in anything, but also at that festival, Phil and Friends played uh, in a set that was ostensibly Phil with the Incredible String Dusters, but also Page and Fish performed with them for the entire show awesome piano and drums and uh and then had uh susan tedeschi and Derek truck sit in for a couple songs as well and it was uh very cool it's very cool and highly recommend if you want to hear it it's out there and like on relist under under phil lesh i recommend it um for just an unusual thing but you know you get to hear Paige play on scarlet begonias and shakedown street and terrapin station hell yeah <laughs> pretty rad so uh yeah check that out 827 16 i think it's 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 nice that it's just nice that they you know to bring them in bring fishmen over into that mm-hmm. universe um because Paige obviously had phil and friends experience but, and the and, uh, sorry to interrupt, Jonathan, but a, a, yeah. a highlight for our friends from the String Dusters who, you know, were yeah. our huge, huge dead fans and huge fish fans. Um, and, and actually, like, Lockin, you know, Lockin has not been back since before COVID. And they did they really brought a lot of people together in, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Fest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good fest. Cool location. Just, convenient to me. Yeah, it's convenient to John. Then, most importantly, I want to. Can we just yeah. like use the last five minutes to talk about 2017 as we look forward? Can I just say one quick thing about 2016 yes. before we go? Yes, we we did not mention this, but 2016 is is filled with three shows that I would love for someone to build an argument to me about them being quality because I think that they can only be explained as a practical joke on their fans, and they are <laughs> seven six from Portland, seven twenty two from LA, 
and 1025 from Grand Prairie, Texas. Just look at those set lists, listen to those shows. I I have no idea what is going on in those shows other than the band being like, look how many songs we can play. Yeah. I I just want somebody to explain Grand Prairie, Texas. That Grand Prairie thing is, it's it's odd. It's like a, it might just be like the hotel is just like, doesn't work or something, something about it. Um, Mattresses. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. So next week we're tackling 2017. So I want to ask you guys, this is a live brainstorm. Um, oh boy. Are we going to do it on, on the day after Thanksgiving? I can. I'm around. Possibly. I'm in Portland, but I can I can make it work. I can steal away maybe TBD. But okay. if, if I have to miss, it's okay. Wait, I got to go mystery. and raid a Target. I'm sorry I won't be able to do this. Saturday. <laughs> oh, you should be out of there, buddy. You're going to be there at like 3 a.m. You're going to be out there. Do not post this anywhere. I am not a Black Friday shopper, okay? Just let's just be clear. <laughs> not yet. I've been known to Black Friday <laughs> shop. But this, uh, I might be going out to the coast on Friday to Cannon Beach. I don't know. We'll see. I'll let you know. Well, I just want you to know, I'm, I'm Saturday I'm out all day from 6 a.m. to midnight. I'm going to be preparing for, then watching, then reacting to a football game. And then Sunday is going to be a continuation of that. I'm just going to so text day. you fish questions all day Saturday. I'm like, I'm out for the whole thing. But also, okay, so we'll figure that out, guys. We, we might come to you. Out. We'll try to come to you on Friday, I think would be cool because be we fun. have flexibility on timing generally, I think, some of us yeah, anyway. We'll figure open. that out. But it's I'm day off. I'm kind of... Here are the two shows that I think that I'm thinking about for next week. Oh my god, we're gonna go into it. Okay, let's hear it. Number one is 725. Because like if you're gonna talk about the Baker's Dozen, if you're gonna talk about 2017, you might as well talk about like the most interesting, coolest thing that happened the entire year. The the other choice to me would be eight one because I was at that show and I was kind of I think that was the fourth show I saw, and I think it's sort of like a little bit controversial. There are like some ups and downs. I think people like didn't like parts of it. So, or or eight five because like that's just like that's like the celebration of the whole thing. But I think it's been, I think it's been done. It's been done. They've all been done. Changed my life. I went to eight five. I didn't go to the other two, so I'm I'm vote against both. Okay. (laughs) I think eight one is a really bold and interesting call. Personally speaking, I think that the golden age from that show is the best Trey sounded the entire Baker's Dozen. There's so much happening there under the surface. Um, I love but that do, second do set. Do the people just want the jam night? Do the people, I would vote the against Jamfield because yeah. I what think is, the Jamfield has been talked about much. endlessly. Wow. I, I would choose more the than following eight, night. Wow. I would wow. choose the following night, Powder Night. Um, that is a really interesting show. The first set looks really tame on paper, but everything has a micro jam in it. The second Brian set just loads. wants to talk about Powderfinger. And I just want to cry about not seeing Neil Young play <laughs> yeah. Powderfinger. That's it. Yeah. Um, those would be my two picks. I think I, I don't think you can necessarily go wrong because we're going to talk about the year overall. But I, I think A1 <sighs> okay. has a ton to dig into. I think it's cool to pick shows that people haven't talked about as much. Ditto. All right. If you're listening, leave us a voicemail. Tell us what you would pick as as the 2017 show or your general thoughts on 2017. I hope we get a lot of feedback because, man, that was quite a year for fish. Um, all right. So we're going to we're gonna come to you next Friday, hopefully, but if not, another time soon with a show that we will tell you about at some point between now and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have lots of information coming to you. It's just not here yet. Oh, this is soon, great. Very soon. Look at this. Yeah. Just pick a show from Mexico 2017 and let's yeah. just be like, I got something <laughs> within happened? the year. <laughs> this has not been talked about much. Uh, we did, oh, actually, two wow. years ago. It was a very mm-hmm. good episode. Uh, Jonathan, Megan, and I. Um, I don't also, that. New Year's Eve, MSG, the, the, the triumphant return of Fish after four oh, months. Oh, man. I was at that New Year's Eve show. That was the best. Yeah. That whole run is really good. So uh, fun. That's my only New Year's Eve show ever. Really? Wow. Yep. Interesting. It's crazy. I know. Um, okay. No one Thanks, everybody. Swifty. I know. I know. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for all the voicemails. Keep them coming. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Brian. Thank Thanks, you all. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
Osiris. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.